What's up, y'all? Welcome to another edition of Doc's Jazz Beat. My name is Doc Robinson from Doc's Jazz Beat, and this is the podcast and Facebook Live. My special guest today, my brother from another mother. Please welcome Mr. Kelly O'Neill. What's up, Kelly? Hey, what's going on, Doc Robinson? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's get it cranking. So uh, who's Kelly O'Neill? And, and, you know, tell me a little bit about, I think a lot of people don't know where you're from and how you got started in music and uh, the whole saxophone journey that you've had all these years. Get us started <laughs> here real quick. Well, I've been a professional musician, a saxophone player for a long time now. I'm from uh, Huntsville, Alabama. And I uh, went to the University of Alabama, majored in music. Uh, as soon as I got out of college, I went straight out on the road and started uh, performing and playing with people. I guess my first big recording was with uh, Brian McKnight on wow. his uh, first so you, CD. You couldn't, so that you couldn't was, have that was a good while ago. You couldn't have stepped it up on your first <laughs> recording, right? You couldn't just like try to do better, right? Just Brian um, McKnight. You know, come on, man. He's a special artist, isn't he? He's wonderful. Yes, sir. So, uh, so did that. I, I toured with uh, several organizations. I did BB and CC Winans tour for about five years in the '90s. Uh, toured with Take Six in Japan, several others. I'm a member of uh, Alabama Hall of Fame uh, horn section, the Tuscaloosa Horns. I've actually been playing with them ever since I was in college. So, like, wow, 35 years with that organization, and we play for the Temptations, the Four Tops, the Spinners, the OJs, all of those uh, classic R&B groups. We've been doing that all throughout the years, and still do it. So. Well, take me back a little further, and this is one of the question I ask most people that come as uh, as guests of the show. When is the first time you realize that I can do this? I, I got something special. I'm not just a eight or nine year old kid, you know, trying to play the sax or the flute. Uh, when was it the first time you go? There's something special about this, and I think I want to choose this as a path. Hmm. Well, that's uh, two different things there, I guess. When I first started playing, I, I love music. I played, uh, just just messed around with the piano when I was really young, like five or six years old. My mom played piano and I tried to play the stuff I heard her playing and tried to play what was on the radio. And uh, I loved Sam Cooke and uh, tried to, I really thought I was going to be a singer, but that didn't work out. But we do, uh, we do know you sing, right? So I, I pressed you into that. But you're like, Doc, um, that's a whole nother conversation. If you want me to sing, <laughs> I'm gonna need some more money. <laughs> yeah, the, the singing, the singing thing still needs some work. No, you but, got um, it, man. I just think you just gotta do it. You know, what I mean, you're triple threat, right? I guess. But picked up the saxophone <laughs> at nine years old. My brother uh, Luke O'Neill played saxophone, and uh, when he went to college. He left his saxophone at home, and I picked it up and uh, and went on from there. So, but wait, when so I first, wait. you owe your brother some royalties. That I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm a businessman. I just don't you, start that because he, he, he left his. He sax, said that all so the time. Everything you played from his sax, I'm just he got to get a chip. He gets the credit. <laughs> I get the checks. He gets the credit. Well, okay, all right, right. And uh, but what I actually figured out, I could do it professionally. Uh, or when I knew I wanted to do it professionally was actually after I got out of college I was on the road a little bit and just trying to figure out you know do I really want to do this thing do I want to go back and uh, get a degree for teaching you know what could I do with this 
I went to a show in LA. Uh, David Sanborn was on the bill. And of course, he's always been one of my favorites, but I had never seen him live. When I heard him for the first time live and the first note he played, I was like, that's what I want to do. Wow. That's exactly what I want to do. And uh, from that point on, I knew that, uh, that I couldn't do anything else. What's the biggest challenge to uh, staying a professional and not going to work for UPS or just saying, you know what, I, I got to, you know, I don't know if I can sustain this. Well, I guess there are a few that are blessed with having success right away. But for most musicians and most artists, you uh, you have to weather some storms. And I think if you have a feel that you can fall back on, it's very easy to uh, run into a storm, get into a tight situation where you're not playing a whole lot and think, you know, I need to do something to support myself and go and do something else. And you may come back to it or you may not. But uh, most musicians have stories of weathering those storms and, uh, you know, eating beans from a can or, or ramen noodles for a little while and until things improve and uh, and sticking with it. You just have to stick with it. Yeah, I think that's the most I think this last year proved to everybody that, uh, you know, those who are going to hustle are going to make it. And what I call the broken nail people, people, oh, I got a broken nail. They're not going to make it because um, if you have a passion for what you do and you really want to see that passion through, it's not always, you know, what you see in the shining army armor. So I, right. I think that's a credit to you for all these years that you have persevered and say, well, this is what I do. I don't have a plan B. You know, this is this is my plan A and I'm going to work my plan A. Right. I think uh, this COVID situation taught us a lot of things. But one thing it taught me definitely is uh, that I can take that time that I'm not touring or performing and use it to improve my skills. So I started practicing on different things on my saxophone. I started practicing my flute a whole lot more. And I actually picked up the guitar. That's something I've always wanted to do. I've had a guitar sitting around for four years or four or five years and hadn't touched it. So during COVID, I picked that up and I'm actually playing and my fingers aren't sore anymore. I know. I I, I never got over that as a child. I never got over the soreness. I just just can't. I just, you know, it was. I have. I've always loved uh, guitar and guitarists, but I have a whole new appreciation for what right. they do. I'm like, you guys are geniuses. <laughs> yeah, it's, so, there's a lot going on with a guitar. Mm, I look, I look so I'm Chris trying to work on that. Every week and in the magic that he brings and, and uh, right. how meticulous he is and how he takes care of his fingers. And I mean, it's, no, it's Chris a, Harris is one of the best. <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know, I see your hat there. What's, what's the hat say? I don't know. I, it's one of my favorite hats. It's just good quality. And uh, what's that written on it? I'm not sure. I think <laughs> Something that has the, to do the, with uh... Sweet Jazz series. And uh, for it those does. of you who don't know, we, we've been having a historic series for the last six years. And um, Kelly O'Neill is our extended band and our family because every time we need a saxophonist for a particular artist that comes in, we fly in a national artist every single week. And Kelly is so gracious to bless us with his talent 
on the horn and the flute and singing sometimes as well. And um, <laughs> just uh, some of the people you can you remember some of the people that you have played with that you thought, well, man, I would have never thought, you know, I would I would be on the stage with this guy in such an intimate, you know, situation. Definitely. Well, Doc, you have added to uh, or you've taken people off of my bucket list that I've wanted to uh, perform with. So I appreciate you for that. But uh, just to name a very few, because the list is long, actually, you brought in so many people. But um, on bass, Julian Vaughn, uh, Nathan East and uh, Brian Bromberg. Uh, Guitarist Paul Jackson Jr., uh, the late, great Chuck Loeb. Got a chance to perform with him on that series. Uh, Lee Rittenauer. Yes. Uh, definite bucket list. And of course, Adam Howley, who's super hot right now. Yes, uh, keyboardist. Uh, my very favorite growing up, Jeff Lorber. Uh, Brian Simpson. And of course, Bobby Lyle. <laughs> yes. Wonderful Bobby Lyle. Yes. And then singers, uh, Chandra Corelli, Karen White, uh, Michael Henderson. And uh, Jennifer Holiday. So that's just to name a few of the people that uh, that I've scratched off my bucket list thanks to Doc Robinson and his uh, jazz series, Sweet Jazz Series. Well, uh, I know you've been on the road quite a while, off and on. What are some a couple of crazy stories you have that you just never would believe, or that you can you're able to tell? <laughs> <laughs> some things you just don't tell. That's. But, uh, uh, I think that's the thing that'll keep me from telling a few, but I think uh, of all the experiences I've had being on the road, I love the tour bus uh, lifestyle. I love going from city to city. A lot of people don't like it. it. It can be a grind, but I just really like waking up in a different place, going out exploring. Uh, I've toured with gospel acts. I've toured with R&B acts, with jazz acts, and even lately, I've been able to perform with a, a country act, a big country act, which is, oh, wow. which is a whole nother uh, level of uh, of quality of tour. But um, I've really just appreciated all the people I've been blessed to work with and work for, and. Uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. I don't know if I have any specific crazy stories, uh, but just a lot of fun times. I mean, I, I do remember Jasmine Guy hanging out um, outside of our uh, dressing room, just hanging out. You know, we walked out of the dressing room one time when we were with BB and Cece, and she was just sitting on the steps, like, oh, oh hey, uh, Whitley. Right. <laughs> so, so just well, stuff I, like I think that. that I, I think Famous people coming around. You touched on like your 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 style and your demeanor uh, is really good for a band that travels on the road because you got to have people that basically get along and you seem to have such a smooth even kill to you all the time. I've never seen you upset. Um, I've never seen you frustrated. Um, And if you are, you just don't show it. And that's hard. Talk to like some of the young folks about what it takes to go on the road and what are the some of the do's and the don'ts about how you're acting. I'm not even talking about being on the stage. I'm talking about the traveling part. Um, I think as far as traveling, you have to know when to be to yourself and when to go around everyone else. I mean, you know, it can get those spaces can get real close and tight when you're on a a tour bus for you know an extended tour 
And you have to realize, you know, sometimes it's great to be around everybody. Sometimes you need to be off by yourself. For sure. But I think the main the main thing is just to always be professional. You know, in anything that you do, I think it, you just have to be professional. You have to be on your craft. You have to know your uh, your music. You have to work hard, and you can also play hard. But you gotta gotta really put work first. And in those situations, sometimes it can be a lot of fun, and you forget to uh, to do the things you need to do that actually got you out there in the first place. Yeah, and I, I guess I, I equate that a lot to, uh, you know, when I was young, I played a lot of basketball and I coached basketball and we would have road trips. And, uh, you know, that's one thing I would always emphasize to some of the younger guys once I became a veteran is that, you know, we, we have a task at hand um, and we have to come prepared to do what we're supposed to do. Then after that, we can play. Right. But first, we got to work. And a lot of people, you know, they want to play first and they don't want to work and they don't want to come. Talk to me about being prepared for a show. Um, what are some of the things you do? You have a ritual that you do, uh, you know, in the, I guess the setup for the Sweet Jazz series. An artist may send the music one or two weeks in advance. Mm -hmm. The musicians and the, and the musical director gets the music and then they have to kind of season themselves on it. And then they come together and do about a two hour rehearsal sound check. Talk to me about right. some of your preparation um, things that you do for a show like Sweet. Well, yeah, we usually get the uh, the material, whether it's charts or the uh, the recordings or both, about a week in advance or so, wouldn't you say, Doc? Yes, sir. And uh, I take that whole time. I mean, once I get it, I, uh, you know, go through it and start writing charts. Sometimes I have to write my own charts. Uh, you know, they'll have a general... Uh, outline of the songs and they have the chord changes but for saxophone it might not be written for me so i have to write my own charts and uh you know and just work on it and work and work and work until it feels comfortable until it feels like second nature where i'm not necessarily reading it i can glance at it and look at it but i feel comfortable with it and hopefully by the time we get to the rehearsal it's not a rehearsal it's just going through the music and and talking through it and letting the uh, artists know that we're prepared you know but we're not sitting there actually trying to work out stuff at the rehearsal the rehearsal is really a run through hopefully if everything goes well if you're not and you got to do, do that <laughs> yeah you got to do that preparation the week before you know people think we show up and uh, whatever right. we get paid is what is for the performance but what we get paid is for the preparation yes and and it's not for the faint of heart i don't think because uh there's a lot of pressure when you have you know historical legendary artists come in and they don't right. know you and uh, right. the, the thing that most people don't realize it all comes together uh you make it work during the show but to go on the road and have someone play the music that you toiled over to create and you don't know them uh if i were the headline artist it'd be a scary scary thing for me so the right. band has been very careful respecting whoever um comes in that they're going to really take care of their projects that's correct yeah you have to make it feel like we've been performing together forever you know the audience doesn't care that you just got the music a few days ago or whatever they want to see a show and it's our job to bring that to them and i think what um well the band may realize it now but uh, for someone I don't know and don't have a relationship with and I'm trying to bring them in, I may spend weeks trying to convince them 
you know they don't need to bring in their musical director they don't need to bring in their band and you know and most of the time they tell me well, i don't know if the band's gonna be able to get this you know it's kind of you know complicated and i i don't know and then when they get there in the first or second song they're really really surprised i remember mm-hmm. uh someone we did someone we did before the pandemic we had played the band had played like two songs and uh the artist stopped and said okay can you play it this time without the track so sometimes they send backing track to make it sound more full mm-hmm. or if the instrument is not included um such as horns or more horns or, or background vocals they'll send something you know a track to play over top of to make it sound full and he said well can right. you play it this time without the tracks and our musical director said we the, the track wasn't on <laughs> right we weren't that wasn't and he, they were like what you know so they really and i think that's the difference between what we do at sweet and some of the other shows we've done and what i've seen you know is people don't put the time in to make it right um mm-hmm. you mentioned before that you were a professional musician and so a lot of times in different jobs uh, the definition of being a professional is that something you get paid to do you get paid to play basketball so you're a professional basketball player mm-hmm. um but i think for me you can correct me if i'm wrong it's different if you get paid to perform music that does not make you a professional hmm. well yeah there's a lot more that goes into it than that that's for sure the preparation uh showing up on time right. or actually early i think early is on time and on time is late and uh wearing the proper attire for the event for sure. is uh important having the right attitude you know some people feel like if it's not their own music it's not this not as important and uh, you have to take another person's music as seriously as you take your own music well yeah, and, i think uh, you hit the nail on the head um if you know there are a lot of musicians that uh can solo like crazy got chops um but they miss changes they Mm -hmm. don't take music seriously they don't show up on time and so i put that all into one basket as if you're not very good because i know that people will only call people they trust right because the music is is a voluntary thing so there's 30 or 40 drummers that you can call and Mm -hmm. i equate that to how I felt when we did the show with Nathan East, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, okay, I mean, Nathan's cool. I was like, well, what's the big deal, you know? And his spirit and how he was so easy to work with. Um, mm-hmm. I can imagine a lot of people uh, back in the day, like Michael Jackson, and other people, was like, we need a bass player. And like, no, we need Nathan East. Right. We need right. More. the whole person. Right. <laughs> the yeah, whole person. We don't just need a bass player. We need Nathan East. And he right. just he just I I can never forget that coming to the sound check how how easy he was to work with. Right. And now you can't let your talent handicap you. For sure. As far as as far as uh thinking that you can you're so talented and you're so wonderful that you can get up there and just kind of wing it. Right. Uh, probably eight times out of ten, maybe you can, but uh, it'll catch up with you eventually. Oh, sure. But you have to be talented and you have to work hard as well. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a dual thing. You know, you have to have skills, but a lot of times people will call on someone with lesser skills, but that are more dependable. Mm-hmm. And will play the show 
exactly right. they won't add their own thing you know there's times there's plenty of times in my opinion in music where you can add your own thing right they actually call right. on you to do it come on kelly what you got and right. you you got to show your game but there's times where you might not get a solo you might not get that drum solo you just have to stay in the pocket mm -hmm. and i think that right. uh, it was most illustrated when i was talking to the late uh, i mean late <laughs> the great sonny emery uh and telling the difference between playing with cameo um and playing with some of the other artists he played he says when i play with cameo right. i play the same beat mostly all night long mm -hmm. he said but what kept me going is i could see everybody's head nodding every time i'm right. playing they're depending right. on me to be you know to stay in that pocket right there with them so it's just you know a certain time or certain things and you know, I uh, play a lot of the live track. I think I'm gonna play something. Can I play something? Sure. Of, yeah, I, you 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 played on this track with Eric Essex. <laughs> this is a live recording, but it's different for me. So I'm, I'm just gonna play a little bit of that. All right. I'm gonna sit back and listen to that for a minute. It's Kelly O'Neill. A little bit different stuff for you. Eric Essex. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard this before? A few times. The live version? <laughs> um, probably not this particular one. Eric's music is so beautiful and it tells every song tells a story. It you does. have to figure out what that story is. And the mood. Just joining us, I'm Doc Robinson, your host. The podcast, Jazz Beat, special guest Kelly O'Neill, performer Eric Essex. Get it, Kelly.
straight live music, nothing. Essex featuring our guest this afternoon. Yeah, man. Killing the game, brother. That was a cool choice, man. That, uh, Foot Soldiers is the name of that one. And it's about uh, the uh, civil rights movement in the, I guess, 40s, 50s, and 60s in Alabama. And he was trying to capture the mood of the, not the leaders, but just the, uh, those who are doing all the work, doing all the marching. And so you hear that forward movement in the song, you hear wow. strife in the song, you know, intensity in the song, but mainly that driving forward move and then nothing was going to hold them back. Nothing was going to stop them. Well, and that's what we try to set up. Yeah. There's so much, uh, I guess, history and music along with civil rights and other things uh i mean dating back hundreds of years and i think music is the one uh influential thing and it really bogged my mind because i'm like a history buff as well so in this whole pandemic um music has never stopped since uh 1917 uh, and 1918 when we had the last pandemic and, uh, and music stopped as well then so i just couldn't imagine the the music being held back even in war with bob hope and everything he jumped right into the fray uh in vietnam right. you know he said keep the helicopter running i'm, I'm still going to perform so i think mm -hmm. that music is going to help heal 
um, the mental aspects from this pandemic moving forward because everybody is chopping at the bits to hear live music. I mean, these Facebook lives are great and, you know, the Zoom calls are great, but there's nothing mm -hmm. that the body and the mind experiences, in my opinion, more than when you hear live mm -hmm. music. And especially jazz, the give and take between the audience and the uh, performer, I think uh, more so probably than any other form of music other than maybe gospel. But, you know, the audience participates in the show. The audience drives the show. Uh, the performer does something. The audience appreciates it, gets excited about it. Then the performer gets excited by them. And since you're creating, literally creating parts of the music on stage, they are a part of your creation because they're inspiring you in the moment. Once again, my guest has been Mr. Kelly O'Neill, my brother from another mother. And uh, speaking of music, you have a new single out. We're going to play next when we get out of here. I on do. This. And uh, just set this up for us. Well, I uh, chose to do a cover song. Uh, I'm doing an EP, but I wanted to put this out early to kind of uh, introduce people to me who haven't heard of me before. And uh, since I've been performing with the horn section, I mentioned the Tuscaloosa horns for all of these years. Uh, the Temptations are near and dear to my heart. That's the first show I did with the horn section. And the lead singer at the time uh, was Ali Woodson. And he is my favorite Temptations lead singer. And uh, he used to sing this song and he and uh, Otis Williams wrote it, Treat Her Like a Lady. He used to sing this song every night and I just couldn't believe the performance that he would give every single night. And so when I was choosing a cover, I chose this one because it inspired me so much. And it has a great message, you know, to, uh, to treat your significant other like she's the only one in the world. So treat her like a lady. That's the first release and there are more to come. Tell people where they can find it. I know I saw it on Pod, uh, Spotify and in Apple Music. What else? It's everywhere. I distributed it through CDBaby.com, and they're such an artist-friendly company, and they're a one-stop shop. You can do everything at CDBaby.com, and so I appreciate that as an independent artist. So they've... Um we got you back. So you were saying that uh, it's on cdbaby.com? Yes, it is. Um, but uh, you can get it Apple Music, you can get it iTunes, you can get Spotify, just wherever you get your music, wherever you stream your music, it should be there. And there's actually a uh, little web page they set up for me, Kelly O'Neill, here now, H-E-A-R-N-O-W.com. Kelly O'Neill, K-E-L-L-E-Y-O-N-E-A-L, here now.com. If you go to that, it'll show you every platform that it's on. It'll play a you, small sample. Also, if you are uh, in the Atlanta area, I guess you can check it out online, too. It's going to be played on 91.9 WCLK. You don't know about that, but I, I'm just telling you. Uh, also going to be played That's fantastic. in Alabama and a couple other cities that are asking me to send them the track. So, uh, and also, let's do it the old school way. If you don't hear it, request it. It works. Mm -hmm. Send a message to your local radio station. You got to hear Treat Her Like a Lady. 
Once again, my guest has been Kelly O'Neill. Thanks for joining me this afternoon on Doc's podcast. And you can catch this podcast on Spotify, Apple Play, Google Play, anywhere where your favorite podcasts are played. Thank you for joining me, Kelly. We're going to get this out of here. This has been so much fun. I can't yes, believe sir. it's over, man. I got more I, to talk about. I know. I know. You got to come back, man. You got to come back, man. Said, this, is no, this is great. And uh, I applaud you, Doc Robinson, for having this platform and all the other platforms that you have. You've done so much for live music, for jazz music. And uh, believe me, we as artists and musicians appreciate everything that you've done throughout all of these years. Thank you so much. Well, thanks thanks for coming on. I appreciate all the accolades. And But, you know, I just want to be the biggest fan, and I just wanted the closest seat other than playing on the stage myself. So this is the closest thing I can get to playing uh, myself. So maybe one day I'll play something, but then y'all all... No, you've been up on stage a few times as I well. Know. You've done a little singing yourself. I know. Way <laughs> in the background. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the release, Treat It Like a Lady, Kelly O'Neill.
Yeah, man. Get, get, get it, get it, Kelly. <laughs> I see the Rick. I see. I can see the remix coming. Yep. <laughs> guest this afternoon has been Mr. Kelly O'Neill. Treat it like a lady. Make sure you pick that up. You, what you were saying about the recording? Yeah, I wanted to mention that uh, James P.J. Spragans uh, co-produced that uh, along with me. And uh, Joseph Stallworth played keyboards. Tasia Veal, you know her very well, played the yes. bass. Kelvin Wooten was that vocoder that you heard. And uh, Daryl Tibbs played percussion, that percussion break in there. And then Ethan Ridings was on guitar. So uh, just wanted yeah, to mention those. Ensemble, right? Right, along with Sean Pazant for uh, mixing and mastering. And uh, Tracy Spragans did the cover art for, wow. the, uh, for the release. And uh, Tasia did the graphics. So it's a family affair. Yeah, you got, all, you, got, you got everything you need. Now you got a promoter. You got, a, you got everything you need. So once again, my guest has been the amazing saxophonist and guitarist and flautist. Uh, Mr. King. I don't know if you can put guitar in there yet. Oh, you, you pick it up, you play it, you know. <laughs> hey, thanks for joining me, brother, and uh, we got to do this again sometime. Thank you so much, man. You've Appreciate it. to Doc's Jazz Beat, the podcast, and the live Facebook. Uh, you guys listen to Kelly O'Neill. Make sure you go out and request and purchase that CD. Thanks so much, Kelly O'Neill. Thank you.